What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Mike Janela Show. I'm your host, Mike, obviously. This is my 93rd podcast episode, part two of a two-parter. Hopefully won't be my last. Rodner's back. What's up, dude? Oh, not much. Not much has changed in the last five minutes since part one. It wasn't even five minutes. Yeah. So, guys, this is our year in review podcast. It's the third annual. The last couple of years, we did it all in one shot. But we had so much to talk about, it ended up being like an hour and 20 minutes or something crazy uh, each time. So this year, we decided to split it in two. If you've already listened to part one, thanks, appreciate it. Welcome to part two. Uh, we recorded this back-to-back uh, with like 10 days left in the year. So uh, if anything crazy has happened, if Aquaman ended up being the greatest movie of all time or Donald Trump did something really crazy uh, in the last week, sorry, we're not going to cover that. Uh, but I think we got a good handle on 2018. Uh, this is your first episode listening of the doubleheader. Uh, go back and listen to episode one. What are you doing? Uh, it was an awesome one. So I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, that episode we did movie, TV, show, and song of the year, plus our most underrated and overrated things of 2018, the best thing we bought, and some special distinctions. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about our most what-the-fuck moment of the year, the most oh, yeah. awkward moment of 2018, each of our favorite sports moments, and then the big boys, the big awards, the coolest things we did each of our Rookies of the Year, and our MVPs of 2018. Woo! I'm ready. You ready? Oh, I I haven't been more ready in my entire life. Let's do this thing. Now, we're starting with the the most WTF moment of the year because, Rudner, you texted me when I was on vacation like three weeks ago, and you said, I have a story for you. I forget exactly what you said, but you hyped this thing up so much. And then you said we, that you, we wanted to start this episode with this category, with this award, mm-hmm. just because you think this is such a huge enough story to tell that we're, we're batting it lead off. So I've been waiting for weeks to see what this is or hear what this is. You have my full attention. You have the listeners' full attention. What is it? Yeah. Well, first of all, I need to, to make a few uh, comments ahead of time. Um, this is a very personal story for both myself and Mike Janela. So if you don't know Mike personally, you're going to find this extremely boring. Um, I do think that the 12 people listening right now all do know you very personally. Hey, so I get at least I, like 20 per episode. Okay, all right. Well, all 20 people that are listening, including the <laughs> Sorrento family uh, and friends of John Sorrento that are listening, I think they'll all find this very interesting. Um, but just to give some, some context, some background to, to the listeners that don't know this, um, Mike uh, went out with a friend of mine, Deirdre Mills, uh, earlier this year, when was that? It was probably like February or March. Uh, yeah, early in the year we had a we had a date. Yeah, I think probably February or something. Oh, the, 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 the disgust in your voice no. as, <laughs> as you brought this up uh, is going to make this story even better. Oh, but yes, uh, so Mike and your Deirdre, words, not mine. <laughs> Mike and Deirdre did have a a fun night together, and I don't think they've seen each other since. Is that correct? Uh, no, I think at your birthday or one of our other buddy Dave's birthday. Oh, your birthday. Seen her. My birthday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so, but it, it was a one, one date and done, and that's fine. Um, but just, just kind of know that going into the story. So one of my, my really good friends from, from high school, uh, Jessica Swisher, got married two weeks ago. Uh, and it just so happens that one of her coworkers is uh, an ex or a guy that Deirdre dated for about a month and a half. Um, and so I didn't even think about it, but I'm at the wedding and I'm posting pictures on Instagram and Deirdre sends me a text and says, Hey, have you met Tim? Um, you know, the guy that she, that she dated, uh, for about a month at the end of last season. 
last season, <laughs> last year. Uh, and, and so I said, oh, I don't even know if he's here. I'll, I'll go find out. So at one point or another, um, Jess the bride was, was kind of by herself in the middle of the dance floor. And I, I went over and I said, hey, is, is Tim at the wedding? And, and, and Jess knew the story but, you know, that I knew Deirdre and that Tim was going out with her and all this stuff. So she said, yeah, actually, Tim's right over there. That's, that's Tim and that's his girlfriend. And so I, I kind of slowly walk over and I notice that the, the girl he's dancing with, his girlfriend, is, is really cute. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, Tim's done really well. Nice, nice bounce back from Deirdre. Uh, so I go over what and I What are you trying I to say about Deirdre? <laughs> no, I'm saying, you know, Deirdre is tough to, to bounce back from. Okay. Uh, I don't know how you were managed to bounce back from Deirdre, but you, you obviously pulled it off and now have a great girlfriend named Tony. But, um, so I see Tim and, and his new girlfriend and I introduce myself and we're having a conversation and, and I'm looking at his girlfriend and, and I'm like, she looks so familiar, but you know, I, I I'm kind of not really thinking about it cause I don't know how I know her. Um, and so having a conversation with them. You know, Tim tells me that he met his girlfriend through Bumble. It was about a month after Deirdre. And I'm looking at her, we're kind of talking, and it hits me how this, how I might know this person. Now, the person I think it is, I'm thinking, well, I've never met this person. And I maybe saw two pictures of her, and it's been over a year, so it can't possibly be her. Um, so we're all kind of having a conversation. And I look at her, and I say, you know, you look really familiar. And she says, yeah, you know, you look really familiar, too. Um, so I look at her and, I, and I'm thinking, well, you know what? I'm just going to go out and ask the question. Um, so I ask her a question that our friend Dave Thompson likes to ask to, to random girls on dating apps as, a, as an opener. Uh, and the question was, do you know Mike Chinella? <laughs> now, this, this uh, quick interjection. This is true. So we have a mutual friend, Dave, and he has shown me screenshots before. Are you getting arrested right now? There's a lot of sirens going to your house. Is your... No, it's just, you know, I live by a bunch of hospitals and they're, yeah, they're driving past. All right, just making sure that none of your past crimes have finally caught up with you. Um, and Dave, he will just, like, match with a girl on Hinge or Bumble or whatever, and his opening line will be, "Do you have you met Mike Janella or do you know Mike Janella or something like that? And I, Which I think is hilarious because, uh, sure, why not? Great answer or great question. But So this is a real thing that he does, so now you're doing this in real life. Continue. Yes, yeah, so, so, so I asked her, do you know Mike Janella? And do you know what her answer was, Mr. Janelle? It had to be yes. Yes, and do you know why it was yes? Is she uh, someone I used to go out with? It is your ex-girlfriend, Kate. Oh, wow. Caitlin, yeah, from <laughs> last year. Wow, holy shit, no way. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. Uh, it, it was It was certainly one of the proudest moments of my life. The that fact is that insane. I, I knew, or at least didn't know, I had a hunch that it might be her. Just based on a couple of pictures you had sent me uh, the year prior, and I'd never met her, as you can attest to. Um, and what made that experience even better was the following 45 seconds, which for me was just pure joy, just <laughs> knowing that I somehow was able to figure out who this person was. And the look on her face was... Look, it was as if she had seen was a it, ghost. Was it terrifying? Was she scared? Like she was, she was just. It was pure terror in her eyes. And I tell you, not um, if I'm if 45 seconds at the absolute most passes by. She whispers, says to Tim, um, "I need to go to the bathroom. Will you come with me?" Uh, and so she, the two of them, just bolted out of the room, and I never saw them again the rest of the wedding. So I just have to say, Mike wow. Janella. Haunting girls well past the relationship expiration date. Um, I don't think there's going to be a moment, a WTF moment, that's going to top that in any future year of my life. 
it was it was fantastic for me though. Wow. Um, well, again, this is the first time you're telling me because you wouldn't even give me a hint of what this was about. Was a lot to unpack here. Uh, number one, yeah, she, I mean, she's very very beautiful girl and kind of unique looking. So I could see why if you saw her, you'd be like, wait a minute, she looks familiar. Uh, and yeah, I had a couple Instagram posts and Facebook pictures with her last year. Uh, as well. So it's not like I, I want girls to know I don't just like send pictures of women to Rudner creepily just for, you know, podcast review's sake. Well, you do that, but this wasn't that case. Yeah, sure. Uh, but uh, and then also she's the one who ended it with me. So I don't want anyone to think like I did something to her that made her recoil in terror at the sound of my name, like I'm Voldemort or something. It ended on, you know, good terms. It was her decision. I just uh, Wow. Yeah, she probably thought like I was gonna, you were gonna tell me something, and I was gonna, I don't know, call her. Why are you dating someone again? I don't. I haven't talked to her since like March or February. That's insane. Well, also, if you do the math, and Tim is being accurate when he says that they met shortly after things with him and Deirdre ended, uh, one must suspect that she met Tim very soon after you guys ended your relationship. So, um, quick bounce back. It's not, it's not well, just a bounce back from Janela. Let me tell you, you find anybody off the street, you'll be doing better. Yeah. Well, that's true. But one must think, is there any sort of a, uh, was think there any overlap? Uh, overlap? And is that why she was so disgusted and had to immediately walk away from the conversation? Maybe. I don't know. I need more details from Tim. Uh, she broke up with me right before Christmas last year. Actually, like right around this time. It's probably my one year anniversary of the breakup. Uh, so I don't know. You'd have to ask her. Maybe I'll get her on the podcast uh, next week and we can, uh, we can ask yeah, her. Yeah, they, they said they've been dating for a year. So, uh, oh, oh, man. Maybe. Oh, man. And I was away in London for like a week right before she broke up with me. Maybe that's when she met him. Ah, now I'm questioning my whole past, my whole love life. Do we, do we pause the podcast now? And oh, try to not, do some research and then get to, back on. <laughs> might have to end the podcast and just uh, come back strong in 2019. That is a story. Wow, you were right. That's a good one. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm excited to hear the reactions of, of the 20 people that are listening because uh, it, it, was, it was quite the coincidence. I mean, it's amazing how, how large this city is, but also how small it is at the same time. And this wedding was in Garfield, New Jersey. Not that it really matters much, but, you know, it, it wasn't like it was in the heart of Manhattan. Um, but it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, the fact that the two of you, I guess all four of you sort of dated each other outside of you and Tim, um, and, and all within a short period of time, it's, uh, it's really funny. You know what I'm going to do? Because I don't give a shit. I'm going to, I think I still have her number saved. I'm going to text her right now and maybe we'll have an update on if she responds back in the middle of the pot. How does that sound for content? What are you going to text her? Uh, I like, Hey, random, but I heard you like ran into one of my friends at a wedding the other day. LOL. Small world. How does that sound? Okay, I mean, yeah. Is that weird? Sure. When did you yeah, No, it's fine, it's fine. I don't want to get, I mean, you're not going to get left to get to the bottom of. Yeah, All right, you know, not going to do it, not going to do it. The, yeah, the risk reward is not worth it. Um, not going to do it. Just make it awkward between me and her. Um, although I never plan on speaking to her again anyway, but whatever. Um, all right, well. I was going to go in a, or I'm going to go in a very different direction for mine. Um, and I don't even know how we top a story like that. Uh, so we're talking most what the fuck moment of the year. And uh, this one is not personal at all. Um, are you ready to move on? Or do you have anything else you want to put, like to put a bow on that story? No, I think that's all good. All right, solid. Uh, you're not going to appreciate my answer whatsoever. 
because uh, it's pro wrestling I'm talking. I haven't even talked about it yet in episode one. And you know that's a big part of my life, which you just don't understand. But you had to have seen this uh, when it happened this year. Roman Reigns, who's like the biggest star, uh, current star in WWE, announcing live on Monday Night Raw that he has real-life leukemia. Did this come into your world at all as a sports media consumer? Yes. Yes, it did. So even you couldn't avoid it. Um, For me, that was because you watch wrestling, or I watch wrestling, uh, because it is. It's fake, and it's silly, and it's just, it's a story, and it's all, it is scripted, and you watch it because of all those things. So when the guy who's been their main dude, he's been the main eventer at the last three or four WrestleManias, when he comes out and says right away to start the show, hey, you guys, you know, Roman Reigns, my real name is Joe. Uh, I've been dealing with leukemia for the last 11 years. It's been in remission. Now it's back. I have to leave WWE to take care of this, be with my family, fight this, uh, this cancer that's back now. That, like, I mean, talk about what the fuck. That's just breaking down every fourth wall, uh, bringing something super real into something that is almost not that at all by design. And it just went everywhere. And to see this little thing that I like to watch and follow end up on the front page of ESPN and Sports Illustrated and Fox Sports and even news sites uh, was crazy. So uh, for me, that was my personal uh, what the fuck moment of the year until you just told me that story about my ex-girlfriend. Now I think we have uh, a, a tie for that in my book. So that's where that's where I'm going with mine. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm glad I was able to convince you. Although it's not really a tie. Oh, you're saying the moments like you're the what I told you is a moment. So 10 minutes ago. Is a yes. WTF moment, and then yes. also uh, Roman Reigns getting cancer. Well, the announcement of such, yeah. I don't want to the belittle the, the struggle he's going through, but yeah, exactly. The, that coming into our world as wrestling fans uh, definitely made me take a step back and and really put things in perspective uh, for you know a couple days thereafter. So, uh, Roman, yeah. shout out to you, man. I hope you're doing the good thing, and that we see you back on uh, WWE TV in no time. Just want to get that in there. Um, all right. Well, maybe, uh, your what the fuck moment when it happens to you in real life is now uh, your choice for our next category, which is the most awkward moment of the year. Was it that moment when you talked to her, uh, my ex, or do you have something uh, on this one? I think, I think it would be Caitlin's awkward moment. Yeah, her awkward moment of the year. Yeah. I don't know. If, it was one of my favorite a, moments of the year. I don't think she has a podcast, but I'm sure that would be her answer if she did have one. <laughs> yeah, no, for, for, for me, that wasn't the awkward moment of the year. Uh, my awkward moment of the year came on the Jewish holidays. Uh, I was actually at Rosh Hashanah dinner, and um, you know I'm I'm pretty close with my uncle. I'm not related to him by blood. It's my mom's sister's husband, um, but he has three daughters, and so you know I think you know he looks at me like the son he uh, he's always wanted, and we talk sports a lot, and you know gives me advice on dating and all this stuff, right? Um, so I'm sitting next to him at the table, and this was. And if, if for those that, that aren't familiar with the, the Jewish holidays and where it falls in the calendar, I believe this was in early October this year. Um, and if, if for those that are listening, I think you'll all recall the moment where Serena Williams got the point taken away from her by the judge in the U.S. Open Championship. And so I happened to bring that up and I said, well, what does everyone think about what happens here? And my uncle was defending Serena Williams as if he was her lawyer um, and he was <laughs> representing her in trial. Uh, and so we didn't even really get to the, the kind of the moral dilemma of what happened. 
because we were arguing over just the facts, you know, why he deducted the point, like the three stages of the point deduction, right? Um, or it was a game deduction, I think. He gave her the, the, the first one's a warning, the second one's a point, the third one's a game, I think is how it works. Um, and so we were just arguing over the, the, the facts. We didn't even get to the opinion. And my uncle was getting so annoyed because I think everyone was agreeing with me, like what, what the facts of what happened were. You know, like she, she basically the, the coach got, got busted for, for coaching. That was a warning. She, the she story slammed is her racket. getting very boring. You got to get to the, the awkward stuff. We all know what happened with Serena no, Williams, so, or you can Google it. Yeah, I'm just saying that those were the facts, right? And so we're arguing over the facts, and all of a sudden, my uncle takes it really personally and starts saying all these things wrong with today's society um, and starts like hitting me with very personal attacks. Uh, and it was. <laughs> Everyone at the dinner table was just looking at each other like, what the hell is going on? Um, why is David saying this? And the funniest thing that he said is that I was calling for Joe Paterno's head, which is so crazy because as Janella, you can speak to, I'm a Penn State supporter. Uh, if anything, I was probably way more pro Joe Paterno during that whole thing than, than most people. So like he's attacking me and saying all these crazy things. And it's getting really, really vicious. And everyone's just kind of staring at each other. Um, but what's funny is, like, because we're both guys, 20 minutes later, we're downstairs watching football together and as if nothing happened. Uh, but that that 10 minutes of my life was so shocking and so yeah. so out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. I, and, and, and I haven't seen them since. And we're going to get together for, for the holidays on uh, on Sunday. So... Uh, maybe I'll have another crazy story to tell you for 2019 podcast. Does Uncle David listen to the show? Is he is he going to be dunking all over you for putting him on blast like this? Uh, I I don't think he's ever listened to the show, but maybe he maybe he does, and I just he just never told me. I don't know. Well, Uncle David, uh, knowing Rudner myself, I'm probably on your side because he's just you know he's he's a he's a pill. But no, I'm sure the argument was. Awkward for the more the people around you, but I guess you were the one being personally attacked. So that's yeah. from a beloved yeah, was, family it, member. It was very, uh, very strange and sort of out of nowhere, and I would say uncalled for. But all, all good. There's no ill will um, whatsoever. It was just, uh, it was, it was very awkward. Yes, I guess that's the best way to put it. That's what family's for. Uh, for the record, I want to make it known that when we were discussing new topics, because this is a new one, we did not do most awkward moment last year. I proposed. Something like a worst date or craziest relationship moment or something. And Rudner told me that you didn't have any bad dates this year. So that's why we ended up no, going no. to this awkward I moment. I didn't say I didn't have any bad ones. I just said there's no awkward moment that I can point to that I think would be funny to listen to. Um, and yeah. I, 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 I bet know. some I'm of sure... your dates would beg to differ, but we don't have that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure, I'm sure someone <laughs> can correct me that's listening that has heard stories from me. Um, but yeah, there, there was, there was nothing that really jumped to mind. I think this was the moment that I was like, what's well, not family related and, and personal and there was emotions involved. So it sort of checks all those boxes. It just was with my uncle instead of a, a girl that I was going out with. Right. Well, that's a weird thing to say, but yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, uh, the drawstrings. That's something you got to go back to, uh, for the first episode for, uh, that's a callback. Um, all right, mine. Uh, I'm going to give one personal one and one, uh, like, societal one. I'll go with that one first. Um, Fergie singing the National Anthem at the NBA All-Star Game this year. Do you remember how awful that was? 
I, I don't remember, to be honest. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. Uh, go back and watch it on YouTube. Uh, just watching the, the NBA players reacting, like I remember Draymond Green with how – I'll be kind. Uh, how unique uh, her rendition was. I just felt awkward watching it on TV and then all the memes afterward. I think in terms of the public, definitely the most awkward moment uh, of the year. And she knew it, I think, in the, in the moment. But Fergie is doing fine. Um, for me personally, it's not one awkward moment, but like an awkward month. Uh, my brother got married this year. Brian, congratulations. And I'm not going to go into too many specifics, but let's just say that living with an engaged couple that's going to be married, but also being uh, very close with my parents and with two sides wanting different things out of a wedding seating arrangement, and you're the one person in the middle that has to hear the arguments uh, and cases from both sides for like a whole month leading up to it, can get a little bit awkward. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, to anyone out there with siblings or close friends that are getting married, I would maybe try and give yourself some distance from getting too close to a a huge event like that because you're only going to get pulled in a million different directions. And that's where I'm going to end that story. DM me for more information if you want. All right. What's next? Uh, Sports moment? Sure. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I can go first. Uh, so sports moment of the year. So I don't know if you feel the same way, Janella, but I thought this year was was pretty weak as far as sports moments go. Um, there there wasn't a lot. I felt like the two games of the year that that meant the most both took place in the first thirty five days of the year uh, between the the college football national championship and the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl is probably the the sort of the general moment of the year. Um, I, it my, like you're my, gonna, least, my least favorite for the record. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I was rooting against the Patriots, so. Yeah, well, Patriots, Eagle, Patriots versus Eagles, Eagles mo- most of America, yeah, was going to be a loser no matter how that <laughs> ended. Right, I know SNL did a, a pretty funny sketch about that, so uh, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that. I, I'm going to hit on, for me, what was my personal sort of moment of the year, and that was the, the first weekend of March Madness. Uh, I happened to be in Las Vegas with some friends, and I had a 14 parlay going, and Michigan was playing Houston that night, and I needed Michigan to win. And Jordan Poole hit basically a half-court shot for the win. Um, they, they had to, I think it was like uh, 1.7 seconds left, and they had to throw the, the length of the court, and he, he, he's between the three-point line and half-court. Swishes that. Uh, I win a lot of money, or a lot of money for me, not a lot of money in general. Um, and then the next day, Syracuse knocks off Michigan State to make the Sweet 16. So... That's what I'm going to go with, just that first weekend of March Madness as my, my favorite sports moment of the year. Didn't even mention uh, UMBC upsetting Virginia, first ever 16 over a 1. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, well, that was technically not the weekend. That was what, the, well, I guess it was, was Friday night or Thursday night? I don't remember when oh, it, when well, it I count, was. Yeah, I, I count the Thursday through the Sunday as the first weekend. You were being a weekend purist, okay. Saturday, Sunday. Um, right, right. Yeah, well, it's, it's weird you say that because... When you think about it, there were a lot of great sports things in the year, right? The college football national championship was an incredible game, the two a comeback. Same thing with the Super Bowl, an amazing game. March Madness was arguably the most exciting first weekend uh, in the tournament's history. The World Cup was, a lot of people said, the best one ever. So there was a lot of cool stuff. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like, you think back to 2016, the first year we did this, and the Cubs had won their first World Series in forever. The Cavs won that NBA title. It seemed like there were a lot more moments and stuff more than this year, especially the last half of the year. I feel like it's been a very meh uh, second half of 2018. So I'm with you there. Um, I'm, 
I'm going to do this again. I'm sorry, it's a crutch. But I'm going to do a personal favorite sports moment and then like an overall one for everybody. Uh, my personal one, speaking of the World Cup, I was there, humble brag, uh, not even, just a brag brag. Um, the first game, it was uh, Spain versus Portugal. It was the game that everyone was looking forward to most in the first round. And we had gone up early. We were not favored to win. It was back and forth all game long. And then at the end, we were down one. It was the 88th minute, I think, 89, something like that. Basically, you know, at death's door. And Ronaldo, who we all know, even if you're a soccer fan or not, lines up for a free kick. And I'm just standing there thinking to myself, just hit this. Get it home. Tie this thing up. Like, I mean, talk, tell me, you ever, you ever in like a sporting event and you just know something's going to happen? You get like that feeling that it's, it's going to happen, the thing you want to happen? Or does that not happen to you a lot? Yeah, I mean, you, you like a walk-off homer sort of, or a buzzer beater. Like you just feel like, all right, this is it's gonna happen. Sure, and then it, and then it only ends up happening like ten percent of the time. But uh, no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but those ten percent—that's the ones you remember, right? And th- that's what happened here. I just I was doing everything I could to like will that shot in, and obviously that has no bearing on the outcome or the result whatsoever. But then he fucking hit it. He, he equalized, and the place went nuts. And I was sitting away from my brother and his fiance because we got our tickets separately, and they put me in the middle of nowhere in a like a Portuguese fan section. So I'm next to this guy who also showed up alone. He's like a 65-year-old dude, and I'm just hugging him. We're just laughing and almost crying, and everyone's going bananas. And for me, I've been to now three uh, international soccer tournaments following Portugal. That was, I mean, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. It's in the short list of in-person sports moments that I'll never forget. So for me, that was my personal moment of the year. It ended up being all for naught because Portugal ended up getting knocked out in the next round. But whatever, neither here nor there. Um, overall, uh, Ovechkin winning the cup. I Just seeing him kiss that Stanley Cup after all he and the Caps have been through, that's what sports is all about for me. And the people of D.C. who have gone through so much shit, uh, with their sports the last 20 years. Um, I don't know. You're not really a hockey person hardcore. Neither am I, but I felt like that was one of the great moments of all time. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty great moment. I, I think if, if the Golden Knights had won the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, I would have picked that as my moment of the year. And I know the Capitals have a long, a much longer history, but it, if an expansion team somehow finds a way to win the championship in its first year in a professional sport, to me, that was such an amazing story. The fact they made it as far as they did. Uh, I, I think if they win it all, I pick that as my moment of the year. And, 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 and it was one of the ones I was considering, even with the Capitals winning, just because Ovechkin's been playing for so long and the Capitals have never won one. Um, so, so, yeah, I think that's, that's a very valid uh, selection. I just wish, I just wish the, the Stanley Cup Finals were a little better. I mean, I think, I think the Golden Knights won the first, and then the Capitals took the next four if i remember correctly it wasn't it wasn't really close at the end of the day uh yeah i don't remember (laughs) that just shows you how like our attention spans go nowadays Uh, i just don't recall but it just reminded me a lot of when uh dirk Nowitzki won his nba title remember when he ran into the locker room to like have his moment alone before he even came out and just uh yeah seeing seeing ovi just kiss the cup the way he reacted to just holding the cup that, for me, is one of the memories I'm going to have. Uh, and I have no – I don't care about the Capitals at all. I mean, I have some friends who live in D.C., but if they never won a cup in, in our lifetimes, I wouldn't really be bothered. And still, when they won and he raised that over his head, I just thought, wow, that's, that's an all-timer. So congrats to him. 
Um, well, we didn't do anything nearly as cool as lift the World Cup over our heads, but we still did some cool stuff this year, and I think that's what we're going to do now. This is our big three. Would you say this is like the three biggest awards we give out every year? Coolest thing, Rookie of the Year and MVP? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe some people will disagree. I think I think um, Movie of the Year might be more exciting for some. Um, but, hey, you know, I guess if we're going to end with these three, then I guess they have to be the most important three. Right, by design. That's how the rundown goes, I guess. Um, all right, well, coolest thing we did this year. Uh, I'll go first because mine is short. Uh, I won the $100,000 pyramid on ABC, and I think that's pretty damn cool. So I'm not going to talk much more about that because I already did a podcast on it and wrote a bunch of shit on it. Uh, so just Google me and $100,000 pyramid if you want to find out more about that. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. Top that, Rudner. Yeah, my answer was watching you win $100,000. <laughs> that was the coolest thing I did all year. Uh, no, I, I figured you were going to say that for yourself. So um, I think the coolest thing I did – and I'm going to make this very specific. Um, I went on a trip to Amsterdam, Milan, Lisbon, and the whole trip was great. I got to see my friend Kevin who lives out in Amsterdam and spent some time with him. Um, and so that was awesome. But specifically on that trip, I think the coolest thing I did was the canal tour in Amsterdam. Uh, if, if, if you're out there in Amsterdam, it's see or must do, I should say. Um, you, you really get to see the city. You get to learn about the city. When I went out, it was a like beautiful, beautiful day at the end of September. Um, the weather was perfect, so that obviously helps. But the architecture in Amsterdam is really cool. The history is really cool. Uh, and that's really the best way to see the city. So um, I'd say that was the coolest thing I did in 2018. Not bad. Yeah, I've been to Amsterdam a couple times myself. I've never done the canal tour, so you have me uh, one up there. But it's a great city, so... Yeah, there you go. Do that. Congratulations on, uh, on I guess, having such an awesome trip. Uh, nice job. Uh, all right, well, that was a short segment, so now we can spend a little bit more time on, uh, <laughs> on our two big awards. Uh, Rookie of the Year. Now, this is, a, this is anything. If this is your first time listening to the show, uh, it can be anyone from sports, pop culture, our personal lives, just someone who exploded on the scene in 2018 in a way we have never seen before. Uh, I for, who was yours last year? I forget. Oh, jeez. I can pull up my notes. Let's see. I, you I'm keep the sure notes year to year? I should start well, doing it's that. That's smart. It's, it's, in, it's in a Google Drive, so... Oh, man. So, yeah. Yeah, I got to start uh, doing that. Mine was oh, Cardi, Rookie of the Year. Mine was Cardi okay. B, I remember. And I think that was a pretty good Rookie of the Year. She's had a, a good sophomore uh, season, quote-unquote. Who was yours? I said Aaron Judge for sports and Frankie Shaw, the actress that was in uh, Mr. Robot and Stronger. Oh, Okay. Both had a, not the best 2018s compared to 2017s, but they'll be around for a while. Yeah, yeah. All sure. right, so this year then, are you, are you going to pick like Labor Torres and uh, I don't know, who was the other Yankee uh, rookie this year that was really good? Yeah, no, I, I didn't go with uh, Yankee rookie. And by the way, I'm looking at the notes from last year, and my WTF moment of the year was on December 17th, 2017, Janela getting dumped was – December 17th? Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, you have better notes about my love life than I do. I don't know if that's cool or creepy. Yeah, well, I guess I, I guess that must have been when you texted, um, you know, myself and John Phelps. So, anyway, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's some, some more uh, evidence leading towards there, that there could have been some overlap between oh you and Oh, my gosh. So funny. All right. Uh, <laughs> this year's yeah, rookie anyway. Rudner style. Rookie of the year. I, I, haven't, I haven't gone with uh, the pop culture because um, the sports rookie of the year stood out so much to me. He's my favorite player, maybe in all of sports right now. 
I love the guy. Uh, number 26 for the Giants, Saquon Barkley. Um, mm. For those of you, and I mentioned this before, a huge Penn State fan. That's where my dad went and my sister went. Um, so I, I, I had been watching him for a while and was telling people two years ago when he was a sophomore at Penn State that this guy is going to be the best running back in the NFL within three years of, of the draft or his draft whenever he gets drafted. Within um, three games it ended up happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, at this point right now, he might already be the best running back in the league. And I know Le'Veon Bell hasn't played and – Todd Gurley might have something to say about that. Um, but the guy is just such a stud. He's so good for the community. Like, he has no, you know, checkered past or anything like that. I think he's, like, 21 or 22 years old. Um, the Giants, for the most part, are not a good team. Eli Manning is washed up. They have no offensive line. And yet he's having an insane season. So I, uh, I give him all the props in the world. I know it was a very controversial pick to, to take him over – a quarterback, and what's funny is like Bill Simmons has really kind of gone on the record and, and hyped himself up for, for saying early on he would have taken Saquon over the quarterback, and I was 100% behind him there. I mean, I think it's a tough call to make, but in this case, he's such a special player. I think he's a really unique circumstance where you take the running back ahead of him. Um, and so, yeah, Saquon's my guy. Can't go wrong with that. I love him too. He's great. I think he's a good just person, an even you know, great player as well. And, yeah, I'm excited to see him in a Giants uniform for hopefully 10-plus years. I know that's very optimistic for running back, but hopefully he's yeah. the exception uh, to the rule. Uh, did your brother and sister go to Penn State because they couldn't get into Syracuse, or how did that work? Oh, yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> my brother went to Penn State, too, so i got to take a, a, an innocent shot. Uh, at, no, at, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, my sister didn't even apply to Syracuse, I, I don't believe. Um, but I think she just wanted to go to Penn State. She, she preferred that over Syracuse, and so – that's why she went that route. Got it. Well, good for her. Um, my rookie of the year. Now, at, in the first episode of our year in review, we said we weren't going to talk any Donald Trump. We did like a 10-second thing on him because last year we talked about him a lot and it made the podcast really depressing and oppressive. But I am going to dip into uh, politics uh, for my rookie of the year. Uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from here in New York. Are you familiar with this woman, Rudner? Yes. Right. So, I, I, have, I know who she is. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying I agree with her policies 100% or that I am an art. And I didn't go knocking on doors for her. I don't even vote in New York. But she is symbolic to me of what finally has taken, I think, a long time to happen. And maybe Trump helped accelerate this. But a new generation of political uh, personalities and people. And she's not the only one, but she is the most outspoken one on social media. She's the one that's combating with uh, her opponents most visibly. She's the one who's really kind of just come out of nowhere. It felt like, you know, even after the election in 2016, it felt like, all right, well, who are the Democrats going to run out next time? And it was the same people. It was Joe Biden. It was Bernie Sanders. It was Hillary Clinton. And I don't know if you feel this way, but to me, it feels like politically, we've just had the same 10 people on each side of the parties for the last 30 years. And it's like, when are people our age going to start finally running for office and being in influential offices? And I think her, as the leader of this sort of new movement that was inspired maybe by the 2016 election, uh, I think it, it gets my rookie of the year because we're finally seeing people that I think younger folks can relate to more, whether that's good or not for the longer term health of the country, who knows? But I think it's good for a shakeup, and I think she's the face of that movement, so I give that to her as uh, my Rookie of the Year. Without getting too political, I don't think. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, 
look, I, I don't follow politics a whole lot. Um, people that that I know and trust, um, I don't think necessarily agree with her, some of her policies and sort of her background. Um, but I, I, I do think it's good for the country to have new faces. Um, so I'm, I'm all with you there. I think having sort of the same old stale people in, in politics uh, gets us nowhere. Um, and it creates a lot of tension and, and bipartisanship. So um, so I, I do think it's good for the country, although I don't really have enough to say about her personally to, to give much judgment on her. Well, I just like the fact that you agree with my general sentiment. That's all I was looking for. Um, so we're good. I appreciate that. And now, drum roll, it's time for our MVPs of 2018. Now, in episode one, we talked about... Uh, I hyped up Donald Glover a lot, who had a great year. Maybe he's going to be my MVP. We talked about how Rudner was waiting for uh, some potential winners to tweet him back live uh, on the show. I'm checking Mm -hmm. Twitter right now. Uh, No one has tweeted back. So uh, it's up to you, man. You said before we started recording that you had a couple ideas, but no one that you had actually picked. So do you want me to go first to buy you some more time, or do you have someone finally you settled on as your MVP of 2018? No, I'm, I'm going to go with it. And first, I'm going to tell you the people that, that were uh, close and almost made the, 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 the final cut. But um, I'm going to stick with my MVP that I thought of probably about an hour ago, okay. um, halfway through our, our podcast. Uh, so here are all people that, that I think came close. I thought John Krasinski had a really good year. Um, thought he was awesome in a quiet place with maybe you know two, two lines of dialogue. Um, I thought he really did a killer job. He also directed the movie too, first time directing. Um, he was in Jack Ryan, Jack which I Ryan. Saw, yeah. only saw one episode of, but back on TV, uh, John Krasinski. And then there was a lot of office talk when Netflix was, I guess they said they were going to pull it and then they didn't. So anyway, uh, he was, he was probably my, my pop culture finalist, um, with sports, um, Dino Babers led Syracuse to its first ranking in 17 years. So that's pretty awesome for him. He's going to stick around. That's great. Uh, and then I'd say the, the runner up for MVP was none other than Mike Janela. Oh, uh, he, he manages to win $150,000 on live television, which was awesome. Um, he hasn't and a, had and a, job. And a, and a vacation. Don't forget first yeah, person to ever do it. That's true. First person to ever do it. Um, hasn't had a full-time job in nine months, yet goes on more vacations than anyone I know. So, <laughs> and he has, has a girlfriend now. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I can't imagine someone that's, that's having a better year, but there is. There is someone that's having a better year. Uh, and this is very personal. I know it's probably not the MVP that most of you are, are clamoring to hear, but my MVP is Brody Van Wagenen, the Mets general Mets manager. GM. <laughs> the, the guy was, was an agent um, for, for CAA and represented a lot of players. And you, you sort of heard about him because he negotiated the Cespedes deal and was, was kind of like demanding a trade if they didn't extend to Grom. And then all of a sudden he's the Mets GM and you couldn't find a more exciting GM. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything he's doing so far, but just the amount of action and his aggressiveness, I love. I love that they're, they're, the Mets are finally taking back the, the sort of the back pages, and he's willing to take some chances where I think guys in the past, as, as good of a job as Sandy Alderson did, I, I think he was very, very conservative. So I like the aggressiveness. I like, like what he's saying. Um, he's the MVP for my personal life, even though I know it only affects Mets fans. 
<laughs> and it's only been for like the last month and a half. But yeah, you're yeah. right. Back to his agent days, there was some connections there as well. So, all right. Well, congrats, uh, Brody. You've got at least uh, the back pages and the Mike Janela show, uh, Mike Rudner category. So, yeah, what else could a guy want in his first couple months uh, as GM in the gig? MVP. Uh, I would not. You would have given me 100 guesses, and I wouldn't have guessed that he would be your MVP for the year. But, hey, like you said, very personal. It's your choice. Um, let's see. And I also appreciate the shout-out in making your top three or top two uh, myself. I did have a pretty good year, all things considered, even though I can't get a full-time job or sell my house. But, you know, otherwise, things have been pretty solid. <laughs> Um, my MVP, uh, I'm going to do two. One is going to be uh, a lot more serious, so I'll go with that first. And then the other one will be a bit more uh, lighthearted to get us to the end of the show. Uh, again, I'm going to dip sort of into politics again. I wasn't going to name these people my MVPs, but then, because I didn't think it happened this year. It's been a long year. I feel like they get longer the older we get. Uh, but then I look back, and it, it happened in February. So, yeah, indulge me as I get a little bit political for just a minute or two. Um, the Parkland school shooting in Florida happened in February of this year. And as we all know, it's, it wasn't the first, unfortunately not the last, of the school shootings we've seen in America. But it just seemed like all the mass shootings were, they happened, it was thoughts and prayers. And whether it was the Obama administration or the Trump administration, nothing ever seemed to happen afterward. Things just happened and then they just vanished. But these kids from Parkland, I don't know what it is about that school or that area or those kids individually, but you think of um, the young lady, Emma Gonzalez, and the young man, David Hogg, have led the way. Uh, you know, Time named them, and there are 100 most influential people of the year as well. They finally, for whatever reason, were the first group of like kid activists, and this is a little bit so what I was saying about the rookie of the year before. Finally, like young people taking back this country not being told uh, to shut up and taking that. And I think, you know, when we were in school learning about history, you'd hear about all these young people in Vietnam protesting or World War II and that kind of stuff. And you wonder, where did that go nowadays? Is everyone just too busy on Snapchat and Instagram and just worrying about student loans to care about activism? And for whatever reason, these kids, and they have not stopped, have, I think, sparked a sea change in young people to get them out to vote, to get them out to protest, to get them out to uh, hold corporations accountable. And, you know, now Facebook's on trial and Amazon. People are starting to wonder if it's as good for the country as we have liked it the last couple of years. And I just think I'm happy that the next generation is, I think we're in good hands with it or better hands than I thought we were a couple of years ago. And I want to give it to those kids as being people that really helped open a lot of eyes for being as young as they are and precocious as they are. When I was 18, I, was, I would be nowhere close to doing what a lot of these young people are doing. So I'm going to give it to uh, the Parkland kids as sort of my uh, serious MVP of 2018. Woo! All right. Um, but now let's get back to the pop culture. Let's get back to you know, ending this on a, on a fun note. Uh, by the way, Donald Glover was a very close uh, next pop culture MVP for me. But I'm going to give it to uh, co-MVPs. Uh, John Lovitz and Bobby Moynihan for being my <laughs> partners and helping me win $150,000 on the $100,000 pyramid on ABC. So uh, congratulations to the two of them. Uh, they helped me win money, and now I gave them an award. So I think that's a fair trade. Yeah, uh, you went even more personal than me, but that's, that's, that's good. I mean, hey, look. Uh, personal, but watched by like 4.5 million people live yeah. on ABC. If, if I won $150,000, I guess I would I'd perhaps pick the two guys that, that helped me win the money. And um, I also wanted to make a, a, a point that 
the same look that Caitlin had on her face when we figured out how we knew each other. <laughs> yeah, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> was also the reaction that John Lovitz gave when you tried to hug him. So I think it's you. Oh. I don't think it's Maybe think it it's is them. me. Maybe it is me. Who knows? Uh, but what can I say? Next year, I'm just going to keep being me, and we'll see who I can terrify in 2019. It should be a good time. <laughs> Um, it was a good year, uh, all things considered, I think, for us personally, and hopefully it was for you guys, too. Uh, any predictions? What are you looking forward to most next year, Rudner? I forget what we talked about last year. I think it was more politics, how we thought the midterms were going to go and stuff. But uh, what are you thinking for 2019? It's so weird to say. It's a weird number of a year, but here we are. Yeah, well, I guess this is, this is going to go super personal. But my prediction for myself in 2019 is that I won't be recording this podcast from New York City um, at the end of next year. So I think this is going to be my, my last. from New Jersey? <laughs> yeah, I think. Westchester? No. I think this will be my last year in New York. I've lived in either New Jersey or New York my entire life, all 33 years. And uh, I think it's, it might be time for a change. So um, that's going to be my bold prediction is that I will not be living in New York come the end of 2019. Wow. Well, I would say I have a condo for sale to offer you in Jersey City, but you grew up in Jersey, so you want something totally new. I'm assuming you're not going to want yeah, to cross the river. I don't think Jersey City is uh, is the type of location I'm thinking of All right. <laughs> when I leave New York. All right. Well, we'll see what that is. Um, yeah, my predictions are looking forward to. I hope I get a job. I hope I sell this house. Uh, those have been like the two big things hanging over my head for most of 2018 while we're keeping it personal. Uh, but yeah, in general... I don't know. 2019, it seems like a weird, it's like, you know how a football team has like a trap game the week before a big game? I feel like Mm -hmm. 2019 is going to be just sort of a chill year before 2020, which I think because of a number of things, presidential election, uh, just a year that's like uh, the end of a decade, beginning of a new one. Um, I think there's an Olympics going on that year. Uh, Lots of stuff. I think 2020 is going to be like a monster year for a lot of people. 2019, I don't know, surprise me. Hopefully it'll be something fun, but as long as we're alive to see it, I think that's the most important thing. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to doing this uh, wherever you are a year from now. Yeah, how does FaceTime audio work when um, if, if one, someone's out in California and the other person's in New Jersey? It works exactly the same as it does if one's in New York and one's in New Jersey. Okay, so. just, just making sure. Okay, yeah. make sure your Wi-Fi is good out there. Hey, if you need any recommendations if you're moving to San Diego, I can help you out there too. Just let me know. Yeah, no, you know it well. I mean, I hope I can live in a, a tiny closet like, uh, like you had <laughs> in San Diego. Yeah, from a 123-square-foot uh, hotel room that I lived at there to a massive condo I can't sell here in New Jersey. Uh, the last few years of my living situations have been... Something to write home about, let me tell you. Um, cool, dude. Well, uh, if people have hear, heard you for the first time and want to know even more about you, you got any plugs or social media you want to get out there? Yeah, sure. Uh, you, can, you can follow me at Mike Rudner. Uh, I think I, this is the third year in a row I've said this, and I have yet to gain a single follower from the Mike Oh, Canel come show, on. So. Not, even, not even one? So, uh, yeah, the, the, this plug is probably going on deaf ears. But, um, yeah, if anyone – actually, I will say this. If anyone – uh, works in sports or is interested in working in sports, definitely check out uh, the Clubhouse, which is a, a website that our company just launched. And I want to make sure I, I give out the right address. It's it's clubhouse.sportsbusinesssolutions. I'm uh, sorry, .sportsbusiness.solutions. So You're Clubhouse, fired. <laughs> yeah, I'm fired. Clubhouse.sportsbusiness.solutions. Um, your very own Mike Janella is going to be featured uh, in an article that he wrote for us about his experience 
um, working in minor league baseball. The, the whole purpose of the site is for people that work in sports to connect with one another and read content from, from other people that work in sports. So it's, it's something we're really excited about. And uh, I hope you, you all check it out and, and let me know what you think. Not bad. Yes, check that out. And then uh, check me out. You guys know this already. Every episode we ended at Mike Janella on social media across the board. And uh, that's pretty much it. MikeJanella.com for all old episodes of the show. Tell us everyone you know if they haven't listened. You think they might find something interesting from the show to subscribe and give a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also a big shout out to uh, Grapes for providing the outro music that you hear right about now. It was a fun 2018. Hopefully, it'll be an even better 2019. Rudner, thanks again, man. Three years in a row. We did the hat trick. This is good stuff. Anytime. I'm available. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so am I. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks to you guys, too, for listening all year long as well. Uh, There's also going to be, I think, a little bit of a format change uh, to the Mike Janelle Show coming up in the new year. So make sure to stick around and find out exactly what I'm talking about once we get to 2019. But thank you all for your support and for listening. And I'll do even better next year. See ya!